Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, Voice of Magic fans, your co-hosts, myself, Anthony, and we got Al here, and uh, man, NBA trade season is upon us. Al, are you ready for all that? I'm excited, man. We've been counting down, I think, for the last month, having different guests join us and, and you know, discussing what's going to happen, making their predictions, and man, the time is finally here. We're one week away. Um, If you're looking for me right now- yeah, if you're looking for me right now, you can find me on my phone, refreshing Twitter, and posting stuff on Magic HQ. <laughs> yeah, man, this is uh, definitely the time of the year where um, I'm on my phone way more often than I should be, so I know my wife is already getting pissed off, and I'm already expecting it. But, uh, man, it's trade season. It's trade season, so we're excited. We're going to talk more about all the different rumors um, that have surfaced within the last week, but before we do that, um, ow. You and I, we have a debate that we kind of have to kind of have to put out there on record. So just recently, Josh Robbins came out with this article um, listing the best player to come out of every state um, within the United States. And obviously, the most important one that we're going to be discussing is the state of Florida. And Josh, rightfully so, listed Tracy McGrady to be the best player to come out of the state of Florida and giving second place to Vince Carter. Second place. <laughs> second place. Well-deserved. Listen, Tracy McGrady, um, and obviously these are two players that have played for the Orlando Magic, so we we definitely have some ties there. But, man, if you, if you are on the fence about Tracy McGrady being – um, uh, the the best player to come out of the state of Florida, you're absolutely crazy. T Mac not only made it cool to wear the number one. T Mac, from a marketing standpoint, not just internationally or not just locally, but also internationally. For crying out loud, man, they retired this man's jersey in China. This dude is beloved everywhere. Um, I would take if I'm starting a franchise from the very beginning, and we're giving me the option of taking prime T Mac or prime Vince. 100%, 10 out of 10, I'm going with my boy T-Mac. Man, so see, I respect your case, man, because you are a T-Mac diehard. I know that for a fact. Uh, T-Mac was the man in Orlando, right? T-Mac at that time was the best or one of the best wing players in the NBA. You can put him up there with Allen Iverson and Vince Carter and Kobe Bryant. That era of the NBA between 2000 and 2004, T-Mac was that guy, you know, leading the league in scoring. Um, but if the question is for their career, the best NBA career, best NBA player. I got to give it to Vince, man. Um, I'm pulling up the data here. I'm pulling up the numbers. And I'll go through it with you. But I want to hear your thoughts first on a career standpoint. Not only the years with Orlando. I'm talking about their entire career. You're telling me T-Mac had a better NBA career than Vince? I mean, mean, listen, I... You can argue, and obviously I, I would debate this to the end, that I feel Tracy McGrady's career in Orlando was 100% better than his career in Houston, right? At the same time, man, we're talking about the two-time NBA scoring champion. We're talking about seven-time NBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team. He even This dude even got an NBA Most Improved Player Award. Like, what hasn't Team Mac done? Let me ask you, how many pairs of Vince Carter tennis shoes have you bought? How many Vince Carter sneakers do you have? You're asking me, a Vince Carter diehard? I'm I'm asking you. If right now, if I was if I bought, I bought four pair of Vince Carter shoes. What do they look like? I have no <laughs> idea what a Vince Carter tennis shoe looks like. I have no idea what their sneakers really? look like. So you never seen the, the I Nike can shots I can break down right right now. Yeah, I mean, eh. But we're we're talking about. I'm talking about t- like. T-Mac made Adidas cool to wear again. You know what I mean? Like his, his sneakers with Adidas. I'm talking about like my basketball, like at that time. And and when I was in school, like that's what we wore. And if you were in Orlando and you were playing basketball, that's, that's who you wanted to be. You wore, you wore the wristband the way that T-Mac did it. You did the fadeaway jump shot with the kick in the air. Like T-Mac did it. You wore the shoes. Like T-Mac was just that dude. Like you're talking about 
him going up against Kobe all the time. And at that at that point, you're really like debating whether or not T Mac is the best player in the NBA. So I, I got to give it to you because again, you were born and raised in Orlando. T Mac's best years were in Orlando. You've been a Magic diehard your entire life, right? So. For me, it's the opposite spectrum. So I was a Vince Carter fan from day one, from back in 99. So I grew up with this dude. I watched him in Toronto, the Nets, then to the Magic, all the way to the end with the Hawks. Um, so Vince, again, from an Orlando fan base standpoint, yeah, T-Mac is that guy. Not even debatable. Like I can attest to that 100%. But when we look at the full career, now we're talking about T-Mac playing in Houston, T-Mac's days with the Knicks, all those days. You know, I think on a... Career standpoint, Vince beats him just in every in every aspect. And just very quickly, when you look at playoff appearances, All Star games, uh, yeah, the scoring goes to T Mac. The All Star All NBA first team goes to T Mac. But then you go to points per game, um, every category, pretty much points in their careers. And of course, T Mac had a short career due to injuries. Vince missed some years because of injuries as well. But man, I, I gotta tell you, if I had to just say who's the better player overall. I would say Vince was that guy. Now, had T-Mac stay healthy, I'm not going to lie, and done what some of the stars are doing nowadays and joining forces with other stars, T-Mac would have been a better player, hands down. He was a more complete player than Vince was. But again, looking at the facts, just what we know and what the careers are, I got to go with Vince Carter. But again, unfortunately, the people spoke in that athletic article and they say T-Mac is that guy, so I'll respect it. But in my opinion, man, Vince is that dude. Yeah, and I think uh, 13 points in 35 seconds, T-Mac completely disagrees with you. And T-Mac is is the man, and he should be treated as such. He's and, – and granted, like, I get that we should retire Penny Hardaway's jersey because when you think about Penny, you think about Tracy McGrady. He was just that level of player. But in the rafters right now, the number one jersey should be retired, and it should be shared between Penny and T-Mac. No T-Mac doubt. T-Mac is a man. I will take T-Mac again a million times over whoever T-Mac is that dude. And he deserves all the flowers. He deserves to be the best player to come out of the state of Florida. 100%. I, I, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let, let's get into Magic Basketball. So right now, currently, the Magic are 13 and 26. We are on a eight game losing streak just depending on what level of the spectrum that you are on that could either be a really good thing or really a really bad thing right now the magic are holding the 14th place in the east and man it's it's been it's been tough because if you are a diehard fan as much as you want the magic to have um a really good uh draft pick you're still rooting for the team you never want to see your team do bad and it's been tough man we lost against miami here on thursday friday we lost against the san antonio spurs and then Miami, again, that was a game that you and I actually went to live. And, you know, it was a close game, but we ended up losing to Miami as well that day. Um, but within this stretch, man, we got to see Chumo Kiki get the nod for the starting spot. What were your thoughts on on him as a starter? So Chuma is a guy, man, that he just, he, he's a safe player, man. He doesn't make mistakes. He's a guy who does what he needs to do on the defensive end. I just wish he was a little more aggressive on the offensive end. Especially now that we don't have, you know, Fournier, AG out there. I would love to see him kind of demand the ball a little more and shoot the ball a little more when he's open. Um, but he makes the right passes. He rebounds the ball well. He's amazing on defense. Um, as a rookie coming in with very limited NBA experience, no, no really full training camp, none of that stuff, he's doing his best. And again, I think we can all say he's done a great job with the limited experience again that he has. Um, there's a lot of potential in this man. It's just, again, we need him to, especially in times like this, that we're so injured, he needs to be a little more aggressive on the offensive end. And that's got to come from the coaching staff. That's got to be motivation to him. Like, Hey, when you're open, just shoot. When you have an open lane, attack the basket. He shows flashes. There are times when he gets the ball and he attacks the rim. Like, Hey, why don't we see that more often? Or when he takes a, a little step back and, and shoots a mid range, you don't see it as often. Um, but it, it, I'm impressed so far. I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen. Again, just the offensive end needs to be the area for me of focus for him um, as the season progresses. 
Yeah, I think that will come. Uh, we we saw early in the season that Chuma was really timid when he was playing. You can tell that there was a, a sense of nervousness with, with his game. And now you can kind of see where he's starting to feel a little more comfortable. And he's a rookie, so it is going to take some time for the game to slow down for him. But, you know, if you're if you're watching him, you know, definitely his shooting ability is giving you confidence in his game. He it, He does have some strong sense of being able to put the ball on the floor. And he's a big dude. You know, he's, he has a really good size for the NBA, and you can tell that the team really, really rallies around. They want him to do well. Now, the Magic played against Miami twice within that week, and Eric Spoltra, Eric Spoltra had this to say about Nikola Vucevic, saying that it feels like you're looking at the modern-day Dirk Nowitzki. Is 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 that accurate? Like, do we do we believe that? You know what's funny? So I, I've had the same thought myself as I've seen Vuce evolve especially this season that he has been so amazing when he's had those 40-point games. I've sat and thought, like, who does he remind me of? Who is he playing like? Who have we seen that has played that style of basketball before? That that seven-feet-tall player shooting threes, little fadeaway uh, mid-range shots. I'm like, man, like, yeah, you can see glimpses of it, not even close to the player that Dirk Nowitzki was, the impact that he had on the Dallas Mavericks, not in that sense. But just in the, if you look at the, the way that he is playing in the, the position that he plays. He's a center, but he's looking more like a power forward out there these days, shooting threes again and, and just killing it from the mid-range. Um, so it, to some degree, I can believe it. I've had the same thought myself. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to the impact on the team and, and the winning, especially part of it, not so much. They need, they need to stop comparing Euro players with Euro players. It, to me, you can't, you can't call Nikola Vucevic Dirk. It's just that one that's disrespectful to Dirk. And then two, that's just disrespectful for Nikola. They, they don't even have, in my opinion, they don't have similar games. Um, Nikola Vucevic deserves to be Nikola Vucevic. Let, let that be that. And, and that's it. Move on. Don't, don't compare. This and that, don't do that because uh, they they definitely have very, very different games um, and they both impact, you know, they have a strong impact in the NBA being, you know, come, coming from an international descent. So I'm good. It's glad I'll take the, the positive uh, comments on, on Nikola Vucevic, but let's, let's leave it. Let's leave it at that. Now, um, with these games today, Josh Robbins had announced um, that Aaron Gordon and Fournier will be playing in tonight's game um, against uh, the New York Knicks, and they're they're going to be put in the starting lineup. So that's that's interesting to see because these are players that have kind of struggled with injuries and with the trade deadline being so close. It's a little bit of a risk, but we're going to talk more about that in a few moments. And then um, just a report quickly on Cole Anthony. He did some light shooting, but he's still not close on returning. Which, um, in my opinion, I think it's a good idea. You let that man um, take his time. There's no, absolutely no reason to rush. As much as we want this man to be on the court to be able to to gain that experience, you know, with that with that type of injury that that he had in the the top portion of his rib area, from my understanding, is is going to take a little longer than than a standard uh, rib injury. So, you know, take your time. Yeah, a hundred percent. When it comes to call and play it safe, you don't want him to come back early and, and, and re-injure himself and make it worse. So let's let's let that play out. I mean, like you said, we all want to see him play. It's it's I mean, it's a great opportunity now to get minutes, shoot the ball as many times as he wants to, really. But we get it. His health comes first and we care about next season more than anything at this point. Um what I find interesting with this whole injury situation is so Terrence Ross is one guy who is not playing tonight. But yet, he played on Sunday against Miami and did amazing. He dropped over 30 points, shot the ball extremely well. Um, so we're kind of seeing this weird thing with the Magic where a guy's hurt, but then he's not, but then he is. Um, reminds me a bit of the Houston uh, Rockets with Oladipo, which they play him one night, second half of the back-to-back, he's not playing, which we all know. They're saving him for the trade deadline. They just want to make sure that he's in shape and he can show those teams that are interested that, hey, I, I can still play. So what do you think? Do you think there's anything related to the trade deadline? The fact that the Magic keep kind of flip-flopping the players? Or do you think that's just unrelated and it just, they've been held? Uh, they've been hurt? I don't know. With the Magic, you really don't know. It honestly could be both things and it honestly could be none of those things. You would imagine that if you've had players that have been injured and they've been out for a little while and if you're trying to be more precautious and you don't want to rush anything, but you know that they're healthy enough to play, but you don't want, you want to reserve them for the trade deadline. Uh, what better way to show that these players are healthy enough 
you know, to be able to help a team now than to play them, you know, a couple games before the NBA trade deadline. So maybe, I mean, is it a risk? Absolutely, man. Can you imagine if Evan Fournier gets hurt right now with his back injury and he's out for the season because he decided to, you know, go for a play or whatever case may be, you know, it's, it's a tough situation, but I mean, that's, that's the league. That's NBA. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. I mean, what I find interesting is that uh, Clifford before the game was saying that they were going to try to play. So that tells me like, you're not really hundred percent healthy. You're going to see how it goes in warmups and then go from there. And Ross was listed as questionable too. Like the other guys were like Fournier and Gordon and he's not playing. So, you know, it's, it's strange. And then we play tomorrow against Brooklyn here at home. So, are uh, they going to play tomorrow? So it's going to be interesting to see how this week goes along. We have a ton of games. I think we have, what is it, five games before the trade deadline. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Clifford and the team manages the injuries and manages these guys who, as far as we know, and we'll talk about that here pretty soon, all these guys have been mentioned in trade rumors. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. So we got all that stuff out of the way. Now it's time for us to talk about what has brought us here today and what the people want to listen to trade rumors. And there has been a whole lot within this last week. And it honestly feels like, you know, NBA trade deadline is really centered around the Orlando Magic because out of every other team, it's everyone's talking about this, man. There's there's so many different things can that can possibly happen. Um, and there's a guy by the name of what's this guy's name? Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. I don't know who this man is. I am a little skeptical that's coming from Bleacher Report, but this man came out with some fire rumors about the Orlando Magic. All right. So the very first one, Aaron Gordon is reportedly eager to welcome a change of scenery. All right. First reported by Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. And then um, Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports mentioned the exact same thing. So once you start hearing multiple outlets saying the same thing, you kind of you kind of get the sense that it's there's some legs to it. AG is reportedly eager to welcome a change of scenery. What do you take from that? I think it's it's warranted. I think uh, if you're Aaron Gordon and I'm going to try to put myself in his shoes, this man, again, has played here six, seven seasons now, has not really fulfilled his potential. And not only that, but the last three to four seasons, any trade deadline, any offseason, his name's always up there in trade rumors. I would think, I mean, if that was me, that, yeah, I would want some consistency in my life. I would want to go to a city that, hey, maybe I can settle myself again and reinvent myself in that new team, in that new city. So maybe that's where that's coming from. You know, this guy has really been in the rumors, especially the trade last season, the trade deadline, the draft, and then now again. Um, so I think there's some truth to that. I also don't think he's demanding to be traded. It's just a matter of, hey, if they trade me, they trade me at this point. Um, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm gathering from it. What about you? Do you think there's it's more to it or it's just kind of, hey, if it happens, I'll welcome that change? I, I honestly think that he he definitely, I think he wants to get traded. I think that uh, obviously he can't come out and say it, but you're talking about a guy that has what, maybe two more years left on his contract. And obviously there's injuries involved, but you're starting to look around. You have Jonathan Isaac, you have Chumo Kiki, you have Aminu back. You know, you start to see that, man, you're in a position where now Aaron Gordon is expendable. Uh, Aminu is back, and I'm not saying that Aminu is anywhere near as good as Aaron Gordon. Um, but it allows you to be able to get the opportunity to, if you find a good deal, to kind of pull on it. And I think that Aaron Gordon has heard his name so much in trade rumors that, sure, why not? What's the worst that can happen from it? Yeah, and I think that's where that's coming from. That, that's the nature of it. But for me, what was surprising was, so that Jake Fisher article came up first thing in the morning on Monday morning. Chris Haynes kind of validating that that statement later on in the day. It was around 6 p.m., I think, that article came out on Yahoo, Sport, Yahoo Sports. Man, like that to me made it real because Chris Haynes is one of the best uh, NBA analysts out there. He's one of the best writers uh, out there. And whenever he breaks any sort of rumor, honestly, there's some sort of truth behind that. Um, so I was, I, was, I was really surprised. It's the first time I see a major NBA kind of analyst type of guy out there on social media breaking down a rumor and, and for me to believe it. We hear a lot of different things always from different sources, Bleacher Report and all that but not really many from a guy of, of the quality of Chris Haynes. So that kind of made it real for me. And that's what makes me think that there could be some truth to it, that AG may be traded after all, because, um, again, that kind of made it real to me. 
Yeah, there's a lot of teams out there that are interested in Aaron Gordon. So another report by Jake Fisher stating that Magic are also open to listening to calls on Aaron Gordon. Um, with teams such as the Timberwolves, the Blazers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Denver Nuggets, the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, and also the Pelicans showing interest in Aaron Gordon. Um, with that said, I mean, it's it's good to see a player like Aaron Gordon get that type of um, interest from other teams, but some of the moves that we heard that um, would be in the mix for Aaron Gordon. So, for example, the the Timberwolves. Um, Jake Fisher also went ahead and said that um, previously Aaron Gordon was almost traded to the Wolves prior to his injury um, to his ankle for Ricky Rubio and some draft capital. I mean, is that kind of a return that you're looking for for Aaron Gordon or? Could that be the reason why we haven't seen a trade happen for Aaron Gordon? Because, you know, our front office is is being picky with their selections. I would have to say, if that's really the offer that was out there from Minnesota, I would not have accepted that offer. I, I do not want... I, what's the point? Ricky Rubio, I get it at the time, maybe, before he got hurt. We were down Markel, we were down MCW. Um, only had Cole Anthony as a healthy point guard at the time. So maybe that was the reasoning behind it, but I would think there had to be more players involved in that trade and at least one of those players had to have been a young piece that would entice the magic to do that trade yeah you need rubio for the salary purposes a pick true but i think you would need to have another individual in there a young guy that you can think of hey this guy can develop into a good player and that may make the magic the magic do it um but if that was the real offer rick and rubio and draft picks i'm good on that i'd rather keep ag here till next season and and, and revisit this again in the offseason or next trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, you would imagine that a player like Aaron Gordon um, in a trade that you would want to get back a player that is able to have potential in growth, very similar to when we traded J.J. Redick and we were able to get Tobias Harris in a move or when we traded Aaron Aflalo and we were able to get a player like Evan Fournier in a return. Um, and so in that I've I've seen um, names pop up and then in Jake's report also stated that the Denver Nuggets offered um, for Aaron Gordon a trade that centered around Bulbul. Is that, does that pique your interest? Because, you know, we, we saw a little exposure of Bulbul and, you know, he's, he's a player that has a lot of potential, but does he really fit with the team that we have now? So... Of course, he has the marketability. It's a brand name that we've been hearing about since he was in college. So people want to watch him. Whenever he stepped on the court in the bubble, people were all over it because he showed flashes. He was hitting threes. He was blocking shots. He was running out there like a, like a guard. So that made it fun to watch. Now, with the Magic, though, what do you play him? You already have Vooch. You have Mo Bamba. Okay, so maybe let's play him up power forward. J.I., Jumal Kiki, Aminu. So I don't see where the fit would be um, unless you make other moves. Uh, but I don't think any of those other guys that remain with the team would get traded. I don't think Vooch, Mobamba, Isaac, or Okiki are going to get traded this, this trade deadline or in the offseason. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it makes sense from a player that you can develop standpoint, but it doesn't make sense as far as a fit with the Orlando Magic at this moment. Um, unless you're saying to yourself, Mobamba is not that dude. We, we want to use Paul Ball as that guy that we want to develop as the backup center for now behind Vooch. Um, that may be a vision behind it, but I don't see it from my perspective. Yeah, it's it's tough because it, it's not it's not like we need more big bodies on on this roster. Even if you're able to trade a player like Aaron Gordon, um, and Josh Robbins had said the same thing. You're you're hoping that you can get a return on a on a, a solid wing player. You want to be able to bring in a at least a a, a player that can shoot a shoot a, 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 a legitimate shooting guard. Bring in a shooting guard that can shoot so that you're able to replace Evan Fournier. You know, that's that's really what you're looking for when you're moving Aaron Gordon. Now, um, Houston, they're showing a lot of interest in Aaron Gordon also. Um, and it's been reported that whatever happens with the whole Oladipo situation, they want to turn into Aaron Gordon. So in essence, they're trying to take Victor Oladipo and see if Orlando might be interested in doing a swap. Um, Oladipo, is that something that you're here for? Do you want to see Orlando back in Orlando? So 
I think there's a misunderstanding in the Magic fan base. I've seen this a lot on Twitter. I, our IG post on the Magic HQ blew up as well. People started reading this line as Oladipo for AG. The way I'm understanding it is more like they're trying to flip Oladipo for anything they can get, picks, a young player, whatever it may be. And they're hoping the Magic will like those assets to then flip it to the Magic. That's kind of the way I'm understanding that sentence, the way it was explained. is They're trying to turn the Oladipo situation into AG. So say Miami offers them a couple of picks, expiring contracts, and whatever. They're trying to take some of those picks, that expiring contract, and maybe a young piece, and add it to that to that package for AG. I would not think that Magic would be interested in Oladipo. He's a free agent. So essentially, you're back to the Fournier situation, having to deal with paying him in the offseason. The only way you make that flip as a wash, Gordon for Oladipo, is if Oladipo says to, your, to you as a team, hey, I will resign with you in the offseason and I will do so for a decent amount of money, which I don't expect that to happen. Um, so if you ask me, I think Houston is a team that really, really likes AG. They need some talent. They have John Wall. They have um, Wood. They have some talent in that team, but they need a, a, a good defender, a good player, and AG could be that for them. So I, I think they are likely to trade for him, but not for, for Oladipo um, at all. I don't think that's a realistic uh, trade for the Magic at this time. It's It would be hard for me to see what Aaron Gordon, like, Aaron Gordon would look like in a Rockets uniform. I think that he would be a really good fit next to Christian Wood. Um, but John Wall, I don't know, man. I, I think that he's definitely, it's definitely time for him to find a different scenario, get, get around a different environment. But I think that, uh, what, how much more impact can he really, is there any more potential for Aaron Gordon? Can he be any better than he is right now on a different team? Unfortunately, I think AG thinks so. He, and he always has thought that he could be better than what he is. The reality is what he truly needs. If I was his agent, business manager, whatever it may be, I'd be all over AG telling him, listen, go to a team where you can just simply be a piece, a solid role player, a guy that can start. I've always said this, a team like the Golden State Warriors, where he can just go in there and play that Draymond Green role to a, to a better level because he can shoot the three as well. But again, if, you, if you're trading for him to say, AG's going to average 25 points a game and be that dude, that Paul George, as back in 2016, uh, Frank Vogel labeled him as the next PG, it's not going to happen, man. Like That's not his role. The sooner he realizes that, the better it will be for AG's career. Unfortunately, I don't think in his mind, he's willing to welcome that just yet. Yeah, and that's why now, more so than ever, um, you you have him at the perfect age where there's still a lot of potential in him. You've seen a lot of good things, and you still have the idea that there's still more area for for him to grow. So if you're going to move him, now's the time to do it. Now, Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, he also reported that the Magic have been looking for point guard help, and... They, the Magic were looking on starting to kick the tires for Ricky Rubio. Um, could the Magic be interested in Kemba Walker? That was something that was kind of um, out in the social media world. And it, it was stated that Steve Clifford, you know, he still likes Kemba Walker. And he's still a favorite and really high on him. Um, but Boston Celtics, they're, they're not likely to release him um, or to, to let him go and trade for him. But he did mention that rival... Rival executives believe that only Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz are the only ones on the team that are considered untouchable, meaning that Nikola Vucevic might actually be on the market despite, you know, other reports saying that we wouldn't trade him. And, and I agree with that. I agree with the fact that I think Vuce is on a, a we're willing to listen mode. Like we're willing to take your call and just see what you can offer for him. Are we actively shopping him? I don't think so. Are we realistically expecting him to be traded by next Thursday? I don't think so. But you might be gathering, gathering information to then in the offseason say, hey, you offered us this, this, and that back in March. Are you still looking to offer that to us? Or maybe next in the year in the trade deadline, say, hey, that's an offer you made us last year. Could we go back and revisit that again? Um, but regarding the point guard situation, I mean, again, the whole Ricky Rubio thing, I think maybe at the time when we had some play of hopes, Markel had just gone down. Maybe then we, we had shown that interest. And regarding Kemba, man, I don't think the Magic want to go into that at all. Again, we have faults. We have Cole Anthony. Um, why? Uh, I don't see the reason behind it, unless you're thinking to yourself, false is not the point guard of 
that long term position for you and you're trying to just kind of speed up the process and get Kemba here. Um, but his contract is way too much for us right now. That wouldn't make any sense. Um, and in the only way scenario you can kind of make that happen is if you get Vucevic in a Celtics uniform, I would think. So then what's the point? That wouldn't really help us. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't think that that has any reality behind it. Yeah, man. When I read that, it kind of makes me a little nervous just because I've I've grown fond of Chumo Kiki and Cole Anthony. Not saying that the Magic are going to move them, but if the right deal came and you're stating or the, the word is that it's only Fultz and J.I. who are your untouchables, obviously, because we just offer them an extension on their contract, would the Magic be willing to part ways with them? And it that the answer might be yes if if the right deal comes around and they're the only ones that are considered not you know the the untouchables. I think it would be a tough pill to swallow um, because Cole Anthony, you it kind of from the little bit that you've seen, you see that there's something there. You don't know what it is yet, but there's still so much room to grow. Um, would you be okay? Would you be willing to part ways with one of the young one one of the young guns for for a trade to make this team better? Um. If that does happen, it wouldn't be right away. Um, but it would be in a deal that gets you a star to then combine with Nikola Vucevic. And that would be, again, ideally a guy like Bradley Beal. And that's when you go all in. You say, hey, we're going to give you all these picks. We're going to give you Cole Anthony, Jamal Kiki, I don't know, Mo Bamba in there too. And that's kind of the way that you entice Washington to do something that moves Beal. That's the only way I can see it. Other than that, I don't see Cole Anthony... Chumo Kiki being moved anytime soon. But yeah, he is right in saying the Magic are willing to listen. But again, what are you offering us back? If it's other young guys, no. If it's picks, no. But again, if it's that star player that we can combine with Fultz, J.I., and Vooch, then maybe. Maybe those guys do become available. And again, that's the, game, that's the name of the game. You gather assets that eventually you can probably flip for a better player. So if the time ever comes that the Magic want, want to make that move, I think those are the guys that can potentially go. Um, but at this moment, no, I don't think that's realistic. Um, at the deadline or in the off season, that would be too early for that. Yeah. And we ran in a report that the, so what we're looking to get back in value for, let's say Ross and Fournier, if those players are available, we're looking to get back a return of a maybe lower first round pick or maybe a pair of, of second picks. And what makes it tough is that, you know, I value Terrence Ross way more than that. He brings way more to the team than just a you know, a late first round or a pair of second round picks, you know, maybe for Evan Fournier because he's an expiring contract. But is it at that point, is it worth to make the move to just to make a move of the sake of doing a transaction? No. And I mean, the that when I read that, I was like, really? I mean, I get it from, from the Fournier thing a little bit, but Terrence Ross, man, like, like you said, he adds too much value to our team whether he's starting or coming off the bench, whatever it may be, just his shooting alone, the fact that he can drop you 20 to 30 points on a given night. Yeah, he may struggle once in a while. He's not very consistent. But what he does, man, he's one of the best six men in the league. That says it all. So if you do trade him, it's going to yield you something back that you can say, hey, this is what we did it. The offer was too good to pass up. But two second-round picks or a low first-round pick, we don't, we don't need more young guys at this moment. We don't need second-round picks. We've been trading second-round picks left and right for the last few seasons. Um, so for Fournier, I can see that being a real situation where we get back a low pick and potentially a young guy. But for Terrence Ross, if that's all it's going to return you, I'm okay with keeping him. And again, if you're keeping Vooch, you're trying to keep winning. Ross can help that. Yeah, and... What what makes all of this really frustrating, especially for, for the fan base, is that um, everything that we hear, what we thought, because we're not in the rooms, we don't know exactly what's happening, but we have these assumptions, right? And the assumptions, they become real once we start hearing reports that, you know, this is actually how the front office is really conducting themselves. And and there's been reports saying that there are so opposing front offices that are skeptical that the Magic will actually strike a deal. In a report today from Adrian Wojnarowski, he says that there's certainly a number of teams that are obviously interested in Aaron Gordon. And the Magic are going back and forth on the direction that they may want to move in. Almost as if they really don't know yet what it is that they want to do. And it might just be we they may not make a decision until coming up close to the trade deadline once they see everything that they have. Is this the right approach? Um, yes and no. 
I, I say yes to the part where wait it out. Let's wait as, as much as we, me and you and all the Magic fans want to start getting some answers and see some trades happen. But the reality is a smart front office will wait until the very end and say, hey, what is your best offer? You know, what, what can you really offer us for AG? We want to have all the offers on the table before we make a decision. Vooch. We, we've already been waiting for how many years now? In that sense, true. But I'm saying if you really are considering making a move for Fournier, AG, right now, you want to wait out and see what team comes up at the last minute and says, you know what? We want to outbid your best offer and give you an extra pick or whatever it may be. So that could be good. The bad part of it is, and we know this, I've said it multiple times in this podcast, even myself, I would not know, well, like, I don't know what the right answer is here. Because our team, if healthy, they have shown flashes that if you're going to add a top pick to that mix now, man, like we have some talent in this team. And it makes it hard to break that without really seeing it to f- come to fruition because our in- the injuries got in the way of what we were building. But at the same time, again, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars. I'm not in the front office, again, getting paid all that money to make decisions. I'm just a fan. So at some point you have to, as a fan, as an ownership, you have to say, hey, we're paying you guys to make decisions. Make one and stick to it. So to hear that on Thursday, March 18th, exactly a week before the deadline, it's kind of disappointing because I would rather hear the Magic are ready to blow it up and start young again. Or hey, the Magic are ready to compete and win next season rather than blow it up. And I get it. We're not going to get that from the Magic front office. They will not let that out. We know that. But the fact that teams are saying that the Magic keep going back and forth, they're now making calls. They're just picking up the phone when you call them. Those are things that to me are worrisome because you got to be aggressive, especially when you're trying to make decisions. You got to make the pick up the call and say, the phone and say, hey, I'll give you a G for this, this and that. If they say no, that's fine. But at least you're being aggressive. You're pursuing those trades. Right now, that's not the way that it seems. Um, and for me personally, it's kind of upsetting because, again, we need to have a direction. We need to have some sort of guidance as to where we're going, not only now, but in the future as well. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Listen, you're right that it's not this information isn't coming from the front office. And the Magic front office, they're either geniuses or they really have no idea what they're doing, right? Because this may be some crazy master plan, and then we all end up apologizing and saying that Jeff Wallman is deserves executive of the year, right? This is the same dude that was able to trade Jonathan Simmons and, you know, some some not some uh, second round pick for you know, Markel Fultz. And now that's our point guard of the future during a time where DJ Augustine was our starting point guard. So this is this is a front office that they they definitely put a lot of more thought into it. Um because we we haven't been screwed over yet. There hasn't been a trade that we have done. Obviously there's not that many that we've gotten the short end of the stick. We've gotten to a point that now it's like, all right guys, it's time. You guys need to do something, right? Because they really haven't done a whole lot. Um, but the little bit that they've done has been beneficial with the team. You take a look at the players that we have, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, their contracts are declining um, on the back end of their contracts. That makes it so much easier for us to be able to make these moves and makes these players so much more uh, wanted by other front offices. So um, I think it's, is this is one of those, we got to wait it out moment and really see what happens. And the great thing is that we're just one week away. So we're going to find out soon enough. Yeah. And like you said, we, we got to give credit where credit is due. And, and that is that, like you mentioned, there has not been a move. The only move I will say that maybe is questionable so far, it's Aminu. That's the only one that you're like, eh, you know, you gave all that money to this guy for three years when you already had a ton of forwards in the team, but we haven't seen that play out yet. So I'm not going to judge him on it. You don't know if there's a trade coming that he's involved that gets us a great player and maybe they look again like geniuses. But at this particular moment, I mean, like you said, there hasn't been a bad trade. There hasn't really been a bad contract they've given any players. So, yeah, they've been very safe. Except Aminu. Huh? Except Aminu. Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, but other than that, like, they've, they've made the right decisions. The only issue that we have as a fan base is it's all too safe. It's all too cookie cutter. It's all too kind of like, okay, we're playing the long game here. I don't know, man, but next year is the last year on the contract. Same thing for Clifford. At some point, you got to shake it up. I mean, Ross has been here since 2016. It, it, the whole core, AG, Fournier, Gordon, they've been here since before that, since 2014. 
So at some point you got to say, I get it. We're, we're building something. We're winning. We're making the playoffs. But you got to shake it up and say, hey, we're, we're making a stance, whichever way that is. Going young, adding more to the team to make it more competitive. But you got to stay still. And I think that's the issue that we're having as a fan base. It's like, okay, I get it. Whichever way you go, we're going to support you. We're fans. But make a decision on which way that is. And, and just shake it up a little bit because as currently constructed, this season especially, it's a wash. We're not playing for nothing this season. I don't care what Clifford says about making the playoffs and all this. It's not going to happen. You're, you're playing the long. Hey, according, according to him, there's still a chance. I mean, I read that today. I'm like, really? I get it. He's the coach. He's got to say that. I understand. But come on, man. I really hope that's not the mindset because, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. The front office is quiet. Yeah, maybe you can question their draft picks. Yeah, maybe you can question their their methods and their type of players that they go after. Um, but you know, there's still, there's still enough time for them to kind of, you know, finish this thing out. Cause you mentioned, yeah, their, their contract is coming up and what if they aren't brought back? You know, what, if, what if this is it? I mean, are you think they're okay with the footprint that they left behind? Is this, is this really the best that you were able to do? I mean, we went from having just a general manager for such a long time. And then we decided that, Hey, we need a little more structure. So let's hire a PBO. So you have the PBO, you have the general manager, and you have, you know, people that they know what they were doing. That's why they were brought here. They were brought here to be able to have basketball minds and to be able to have people that have absolutely nothing to do or no knowledge around the game of basketball, Alex Martins, to stay away from that and to have one designated person to be able to control that. And I think that um, that we we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, we've, there's been a lot of time and if by, if by the love of God, if nothing happens by this trade deadline, then I, I, that's it. I I don't know. There's (laughs) nothing else for me to say. I've done, I've done everything that I possibly can to stand up for these dudes. Like I've literally done everything, but I, the way that everything is, is there's, they don't have a choice there. It's the clock is running out on players like Evan Forney. You got to make a decision on that. You're the value that you're going to have for a player like Aaron Gordon right now at this moment probably not going to get any higher, right? Because eventually age and potential, they start working against each other. And Nikola Vucevic, the same thing is a two-time all-star. I want to keep Nikola Vucevic, but is there ever going to be a year that his value is as high as it is now? Probably not. And that and that's the thing, man. Like, again, that's what makes it so difficult. And we, we talked about it with Keith Smith and, and Josh Robbins and everybody else. But I mean, with the whole Vucevic situation, it, it's so complicated because again, you're split in the middle. Like, hey, you can build around him. He's an all-star, all these things. But also, that value is not going to be any higher, I think, anytime soon after, after the season. It's going to be tough. Um, but now that you mentioned Alex Martins, did you get a chance to read the article um, on the Sentinel that, where he talked about the team being injured? They still believe in the team. They still, next season, they, they're going to bounce back. Um, that kind of worried me a little bit because that's saying the ownership believes in what they have currently. So that made me question, man, it's, they make a move. It's it's confusing because like, dude, Jeff Wellman isn't even coming out talking about the magic. So why, why is he, you know what I mean? He's, he's the one guy that we don't want out there talking about basketball. You stick to what he's good at doing the business side, leaving the basketball side alone, stick to the business side, because according to him, we're still going to win a championship in 2030. Like, don't <laughs> mention anything more about what's going on on the day-to-day basketball portion. If you believe that the team would be a lot better when healthy, I agree with you 100%. Keep that to yourself. If Jeff Waltman isn't saying anything as a president of basketball operations, then I really don't want to hear it. I, I saw it came up on my feed and I didn't read the article. I read the title of it and I honestly, I swear to you, I didn't even bother. Yeah, no, there wasn't much in there. Just again, that there is some belief in the fact that this season is a wash because of injuries, but they still believe in what they're building and um, they're looking forward to next season pretty much and, and, and continuing to build what they've, built, what they've been building. Uh, but then again, that made me as a fan question, wait, AG's out there, Vooch's name's come up, Forney's name has come up in many, many trade rumors. So what are, you, what are you saying? Do you like what we got? So are we going to stay put again? You know, again, we'll, we'll have all of our answers by next Thursday. But like you said, why is he talking about this when our own GM and, you know, it's not talking about it, then why are you? But again, one week from today, we'll get there. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like, a, not obviously he's nowhere near it, but it's kind of like LeVar Ball. 
right? Why are people so asking him questions? Why? Stay away from that. Don't do that. Because his responses are honestly, granted, get it, he's the CEO, whatever is, in my opinion, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter and it doesn't make sense. I agree. A hundred percent. All right, but let's get into some quick predictions, all right? I'm going to run through the list of different players, and I just want to hear from you, Al, whether or not you think that they're going to get traded or not traded. Simple as that. Evan Fournier, first one, go. Traded. Aaron Gordon. Stace. Terrence Ross. Stace. Ken Birch. Oh, man. Uh, I think he's traded. James Ennis. Uh, traded. Nikola Vucevic. Stace. Nice. I got Evan Fournier getting traded. Aaron um, Aaron Gordon getting traded. Terrence Ross sustained. Cam Birch is out the door. James Ennis. I can't see a team that really wants him as much as we do. And Nikola Vucevic is staying. Man, we're going to find out all these answers really, really soon. And I think that that's the fun part about the NBA trade season is because you never know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and who it's going to happen for. I honestly think that these players will get traded. I think the Magic will make some moves. But it's going to be for scenarios that we haven't even thought about. It's going to be with teams that probably weren't ever in the equation because that's the way that this front office rolls. There's not been not one um trade speculation or one rumor that has been out there that turns out to be legit and actually accurate i completely agree but i gotta ask you though a follow-up question so you're saying phony and ag are both getting traded yep both of them man evan evan because of contract purposes and then aaron gordon because of value um, I, I honestly agree with Josh Robbins had to say in his article where he said that you have to trade Evan Fournier, but your return isn't going to be all that great because of the expiring contract. And the only way to be able to fill that void is going to be with training a player like Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love to see that happen. I just I don't know why, man. I still think that they want to see J.I. play a few minutes at least next season where he can show that, hey, I'm back. I'm staying healthy. I can I can handle the, the starting power forward position and, and I'm, I'm back officially. To then say, Gordon, you can now go. But um, but like you said, I think if the offer that they, that comes now is strong enough, again, a team like Houston, I still think that can come up and, and make a solid offer for AG. And then you trade Fournier at the same time, and it's a wash. You can then bring a guard that's young. Then I can I can see a scenario happening. Um, honestly, on the Gordon situation, I'm 51-49. 51% saying he stays, 49 that he's traded. So I, I'm right there. I'm right in the middle. So we'll see, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, but the two names I mean, you agree, is T. Ross and Vucevic staying. I think that that will happen. Yeah, and maybe they don't. Let's say that they don't make any moves. Let's just say, right? Or they make a small move. Um, it's not the end of the world. And the reason why I say that is because you still have the NBA draft that's coming up. And depending on what it is that you're looking for, who you want to draft, where the Magic end up selecting, how the rest of the season goes, if you're a, if you, because with our luck, right, how has our luck been? We end up not being in the top five, missed that one player, um, literally by a pick or two. You know, what if, what if we aren't able to get the top three pick? What if we really, really like Cade? What if, right? If you trade all your pieces now, then how are you able to utilize those assets to be able to move up? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There's so many different ways. And we've said it before. I'm glad that I'm not the one making those decisions because, you know, they're, they're tough decisions to make, but decisions need to be made. All right. That's 100% facts that it needs to happen. It needs to happen now. It needs to happen this season. Um, unless, you know, you end up losing a player like Evan Fournier for absolutely nothing. Yeah, and as a friend, as a team, we cannot afford that. I mean, we we just cannot. Even if it is a couple of second round picks, but that one young guy you can get, that may be a guy that you can develop and hopefully becomes a good player down the road, at least a role player. But yeah, to lose a, a guy like Fournier, who's a talented shooting guard, you cannot do it for nothing unless you bring him back, and we are not going to go there today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, man, we got five games left until the NBA trade deadline. Uh, we're, we'll be releasing this episode Friday morning. So by that time, we would have already played against 
um, the New York Knicks on Thursday night. Friday, we got Brooklyn. Sunday, Boston. Tuesday, Denver. And then Wednesday, Phoenix. And then Thursday's NBA trade deadline. Okay, right around the corner. It's a busy week. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really busy week. And I mean, who knows, man? That streak might just get worse. I'll tell you what. If the if the Magic do not win tonight against New York, we're not winning any of those games coming up. So you could potentially see this become a 9, 10, 11, 12, a 13 game losing streak heading into a trade deadline. And I now believe that. Like I can see that happening 100%. I know we play some games at home here coming up, but those games are against Denver and Phoenix, two of the best teams in the West. You got the Celtics, the Nets. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get pretty. And again, for those in favor of tanking, those are amazing words to hear. And you're excited about that. Um, but yeah, man, let, let's see. I just don't think if you don't win today, I don't see any other games that we're winning after tonight. Yeah, man. Tank for Cade. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> I, I'm let's, down. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Let's close this out. Final thoughts. Final thoughts is keep me interested. Orlando Magic. Uh, keep the rumors flowing. Keep this games competitive. We, we've seen that lately. We've seen the Magic play tough. And then in the fourth quarter, they just kind of blow it. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm watching the games. It's entertaining. Um, but I don't want to see the Magic get to a point where they're losing games by 20, 30 points that by halftime, you have to shut it down. And it's that's not fun. Keep playing tough. Let the, the young guys continue to develop. Um, and when it comes to the trade deadline, again, we, we're not recording unless something crazy happens between now and next Thursday. Uh, until next Thursday. So keep us engaged. Keep us keep us uh, interested. And uh, if you're a Magic fan, stay, stay connected, man. Orlando Magic HQ, the Ozone Pod on Twitter. Uh, keep, keep Again, we have everything up to the second, pretty much, that, that's happening. So it should be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, um, you know, I'll say it again. Something will happen. We just don't know what it is. Hopefully it's something that, you know, next season we can kind of look back and be like, man, thank God we made this move because this year is supposed to be the year. You know, with players coming back healthy and whatever player that we end up drafting and whatever moves we end up making, there's going to be, we can kind of see that this team is going to look a lot different next season, which is something to be extremely excited about. For sure. All right. But uh, yeah, man, good stuff. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Appreciate you guys listening. It's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.